This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, here we go. Football Friday on WGR, the roundtable, Sal Capaccio in studio with me, Bulldog in the attic. Yes. I miss you, buddy. I'm missing out. I'm really missing out. Worse, he's in your seat. Oh, well, yes. Worse. I, can appre- I can appreciate that. This Worse. has been one of those weeks where every day I thought, I'm coming in. And ah. then it's like 2.30 uh, and I'm still sitting here like, ah, crap. Never so, mind. Anyway. Uh, this never was mind. a last minute choice. We were, we were out. Max and I were going out somewhere. And I said, well, you have a choice. We can either wait here and then you have to wait till I'm done to go out. Or we can leave. You can wait at the station with me. He's here with me. And said, then we can get there earlier. And he said, yeah, let's do that. So, all right. Awesome. So we've we've talked almost every day here this week and been thinking ahead to this Week 18 game with the possibility of it being for the AFC East for for quite a while. So maybe maybe it's all been said. Um, one thing that Sal Bulldog and I have talked about today a little bit is, and you you speak this language. The Bills are not even a three point favorite anymore, or three at the most, two and a half to three. Is that interesting? What does Miami have going for it that the Bills don't? Probably their explosiveness and the fact they're at home. And it might be more about the Bills' struggles on offense than anything recently. Yeah. Right? I mean, you look at the way they played the last two weeks, and I wouldn't doubt if that's come into it, where people think they just can't pull away from anybody. Miami has so much firepower. Maybe people are not willing to give that kind of number to a good, good, a a really good offensive team against a team that's kind of struggled here lately on offense and has beaten weaker opponents by one score. That was my best guess when we talked about it too. Um, you know, we know everything's baked in, so of course their results uh, would matter. But I think it is indicative. I mean, the the reason it gets pointed out and even talked about by us is that you know the the Bills have been big favorites. Miami's really dinged up. They don't really need the game. I mean, it's for a stake, obviously. In the two versus the seven, isn't it's not nothing. Um, but it, with the injuries that Miami has and with the way they've looked, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if the Bills maybe had beaten New England or the Chargers by 10 or more, maybe we're looking at six points. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's probably more about the Bills than it is the Dolphins. I mean, with that kind of team, that kind of firepower, it's hard to see any line getting too big because you just know that they have the ability to score from what you've seen. Now, I know they haven't been perfect, and they've had their struggles as well, but my suspicion is that's what people think about that Dolphins team. And wait a minute, you're going to give me five? You're going to give me six? I, at home, that's quite a bit. Yeah, I've been generally losing this year thinking that way about Kansas City. 
Oh, well, just two. I mean, of course I'll take Kansas City, and they've had these home games where they couldn't score points. You, you mentioned how they're at home. A caller made a point earlier about just with the timing of the Dolphins' offense and how precise mm-hmm. it is. Um, I remember talking about this before week four yep. when they were coming off a 70 spot against Denver. Like, uh, here it's going to be tougher to just sort of roll like that, among other reasons, because you don't have that that perfect timing when you're playing on the road, especially in a crowd like ours. We we know that, I mean, maybe half the stadium or more is, is Bills fans for this game, but that might not really matter when it comes to this point. Agreed. It mattered in Buffalo, for sure. The timing was a little bit off with their motion, and even I think Tyreek Hill had mentioned that after the game. They had to keep him even a little bit more closer to the formation, I think, for some of the some of the things they were doing with him going in motion. That's right. They, I mean, I have to go back and look. What is their home and away splits as far as you know scoring points? They had the seventy point performance at it, home. It's there. Yeah, it's, there you they, go. they also have only one home loss, right? And that was the Tennessee game that they, you know, it was kind of shocking the way they lost that. But yeah, and they didn't play very well in that game. But yeah, you're right. And this is a really good point. That's also probably why. I don't know how many betters are thinking about it from those terms, but home matters for the Miami Dolphins. They are 7-1, and one, like you said, so no doubt about it. I think that's got to play some role here. Now, what the projections we're looking at, Vivid Seed says 52% Bills fans. I don't know if it's going to get that high, but Bills fans who are going, it will be loud enough to maybe make some sort of difference in a play here or a play there on a third down for Miami. I've seen that happen a lot at Bills Road Games, to be honest with you. It feels, though, all these years watching games in that stadium, though, I I don't feel like I've ever really had a feeling watching a Dolphins home game, like, oh, the crowd is really roaring. Like, right. I don't know. is is, it, it, um, is that, that might be, like, the reputation that I believe Miami in general has or maybe the stadium itself, like a little further away from the field, certainly than they are here. I, I don't know. I, it just, does it, you've been there many times now on the sidelines. Is, is that a, a raucous place? Not a raucous place. I will say I'm going to call it a front-running crowd. When they're up on you, when they're making plays, it gets pretty pretty loud. I mean, you can hear them. They make a difference. But until that happens, and if you're the team on top and you're the road team – it's pretty much, you know, they're there for a party. I mean, there's literally a suite, okay, at the suite level. I don't know how many people know this. So what happens is where the, first of all, let me say it's the worst radio booth location in the NFL. Maybe second to, well, Washington's gotten better. It's the worst. It's way up in the corner, way high, you can't see anything. Now, to get to the radio booth sometimes, if you take this one elevator, you have to literally walk through a suite, which is, I mean, think of like M&T Club at Buffalo or something. It's turned into a club. They have dancers and they have a DJ Let's go. and nobody's watching the game. <laughs> it's that's what's happening during the game. Let's go. It's Miami. So yes, to answer your question, that's that's what it is like there. Sounds like, a, there's like a, there's, there's like there's like a Jay-Z video happening. I mean, yeah, yeah, I ha- yes, exactly. I I mean, there's been times I've been tempted to leave the game to go to the elevator to get to the press box in order to go through the club. Yeah, it sounds like the one thing possible that would get me to go to one of these games would be like, oh, there you go. If I can go and sort <laughs> right. of not really be there. Um, well, Sal, I mean, it's all on the line, obviously. What might the Bills clinching a spot by kickoff mean to this game, uh, mean to how the Bills play it? Is there, in your mind, is there anything that you would think could be different if they know they're in? 
I say no, and Sean McDermott answered no when I asked him that question today in a different kind of way. But he said nothing that what he said was nothing that happens Saturday or Sunday is going to impact anything that we do differently. They're there to win this game, to win a championship, to get the number two seed, to be home in the playoffs. That's their objective. And I don't think that's coach speak. I think that's exactly what the Bills are doing here. The Bills are the three-time defending AFC East champions. It is a very, very big deal to this organization, these coaches, these players, to win a division. It is a very big deal to be home in the playoffs for this organization. They want to win this game. If the, the, the only scenario, guys, where I would say it would matter is if the Bills knew they were in and they were maybe down or even up late in the game and they decide to maybe pull back on a player because of rest or some sort of ailment or whatever, where if it's questionable, maybe you lean that way, but especially, but it, it, it has to be really in hand or out of hand for that to happen. Yeah, that, that's consistent with who McDermott has been, right? I mean, he, he we've, we've been through this, you know, rest guys, go for it, the two versus the three, even other years, yep. I think, if I recollect correctly, um, and, and they've always just, They've always gone, at least as far as we know, right? I mean, there's been no, you know, no letting up and like, eh, you know, the three's fine. Like, they, they go for it. That's right. I would say even, I think this is the point for Miami that you're making more than Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Miami's already in, and they have all these injuries. They may, to me, err on the side of caution with Waddle, with Mostert. What's today? They're questionable. They might play. They might not. You know, Waddle did some stuff at practice today, and how did he get through? Okay, well, what if it was a playoff game versus what it is now? I have a suspicion that maybe they back off him knowing they don't want to compromise him because it's not just playing. It's if you re-injure and re-aggravate something because you pushed it and you have to then go on the road next week at Kansas City. What is that? How about a scenario where, which would happen if the Steelers win tomorrow and Jacksonville loses, where you're going back to Miami if you lose? <laughs> In, but going back to Miami. Because that, otherwise, uh, you would expect teams. I mean, I would think historically, you look at situations like that. We just had it with the comeback game. We were talking about right. the anniversary. And you were facing, I don't know what happened in that game. That game was kind of blown up early with the Kelly injury. It's a long time ago anyway. But I think if you look back at games where teams are playing in the final week of the season and they knew they were going to play each other again the next week, those games are probably pretty tame those first ones you know you're it's almost like a a preseason maybe kind of thing right because I think what happens is generally neither team has a lot on the line this happened last year do you remember do you remember what teams this happened last year I don't Mike um it has to be division Cincinnati Baltimore that's right Cincinnati and Baltimore played week 18 last year I don't think they did yes they did I have it right here okay they did I thought Cleveland played Cincinnati week. Hold on, unless I'm looking at it wrong. Let me go back and look. Could have been two years ago. Uh, 2022 regular season, week 18, Cincinnati beat Baltimore 27-16 last year. Okay, good. Sorry. That's okay. They beat them 27-16, and then they went and played them at home, and they were on the ropes and had the big, long fumble return. By the way, Tyler Huntley starring that game, if you remember, right right for Baltimore. But yes, this happened last year. (laughs) Usually there's not a ton on the line. In that Week 18 game. In this in this scenario, it's different. Did the Ravens need it? Maybe the Ravens needed it. I don't know. What All I'm seeing, looking at the, the stats, in both of those games, Cincinnati was badly outgained. Both, yes, that's and right. And they won both. That's right. I remember that. 
That's mm. right. Okay. Um, so so to, to lay out the scenario you just laid out, what would change? I don't think anything. I think the Bills would say, we, we got to go out there and win, period. And if we happen to lose and have to come back here next week, then we'll prepare again to beat the Miami Dolphins again. That's, I think, what their message would be. I mean, these two teams, they know each other. They know their personnel. They've played enough. I know it's a different coordinator now for the Bills and the Dolphins when it comes to offense and defense, respectively, for each team. They know each other. There's not going to be many secrets. Maybe a wrinkle here or there. I don't think you're pulling back on anything you're holding back because you might quote-unquote, have the possibility of replaying them the next week. Well, Burrow played that game. That's the Bills and the Bengals off the Hamlin game and playing for seeding. Anthony Brown for the Ravens. Oh, wow. And then Huntley the next week. Huntley in the playoffs. Yeah, man. I think maybe the year before it was the Bengals and the Browns, and that's in my head because Cincinnati was also in a playoff position then. Uh, It doesn't matter. Okay, so for Bills and Dolphins then... um, the Bills would still have the same stake to win the game yes. and move up, in which case they wouldn't play Miami yeah, at home. It, I, I look at it this way. It, it it does matter a little bit for Miami because they're already in. I don't think it matters to either team once kickoff comes about any of this stuff other than winning a championship. They want to win the division. They want to get the number two seed. Miami is in. They can breathe a little easier. Maybe they can make a decision differently going into the game as far as who they play because of their injuries. That's all. Otherwise, I don't think they care one bit about where they fall, who they play against. It's the same thing we, we've had people ask. I've had people ask me, someone called the morning show this morning and said, would Baltimore kind of you know, allow well, the, the Steelers to get in because they don't want the Bills in? Are you kidding me? Like, Do you think Tyler Huntley is going to want to do that? Those guys playing on the field want to win. They're putting stuff on film. They're getting paid for that. This is their ch- chance to shine for their team or another team for a contract. Like That stuff, it does not happen. Throw that out the window. They're playing to win the game, even though they have a lot of guys who aren't normal starters who will probably be playing a lot. There, there are I, – I accept all that. I think from a coaching standpoint, your play calling, like, again, in the preseason sure. – can be really buttoned up. You you also don't want to show something. It's not going to really matter if you're talking about Huntley versus Lamar Jackson, I think. But just, you know, let's not get hurt. The object Understood. of this game is sort of the score, like in the preseason, is not the point. Um, I would say this too, Mike. I, I would not doubt at all that there are people in the Ravens organization that think, you know, it'd be better for us to kind of get Buffalo out of here. But they have no control over that. They have no control because the Bills still play. Right. They have minimal. They have some. They they, right. they can be a factor, but it's <laughs> not the determinative factor. Like it's, That's right. it's just one factor. So, um, yeah. And there might be just as many Baltimore people in the Baltimore front office that want to kill Pittsburgh. That's hundred percent right. For sports, That's right? right. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes. And you're on board, I think, Sal. I, I think I asked you last week. Uh, a team's doing what the Ravens are doing, or the Forty ers oh, yeah. uh, which will be it'll be two weeks basically without a game for Lamar and. Three, will Well, but two weeks off. Two weeks off. This so, yeah, one and next. So 20 days, 21 days till his next game. Right. But you're right. Yes, I'm on board with that. I think anytime you get a chance to rest your franchise quarterback and it doesn't matter and you, know, you can have him available, you do it and key players. Eric Wood and I talked on our podcast, both of us this week, and he said the same thing. And he also made a good point. I asked him, though, how do you treat it? He said, what you do is you do more one-on-ones at practice. Now, you're, gonna, you're not going to be tackling Lamar Jackson, but you're going to do more one-on-one. So guys get that work in and you do it in a more controlled environment. So they're not out there playing. So at least they have that competition over that two week period without having to play the game. How do you see this? Go ahead. uh, Sal, what's your best guess is how the bills with all that said, how they 
approach this game schematically? How do they attack Miami? Like I, I've been, we've been talking about the passing game, and it did turn into kind of a Stefan Diggs week. I won't use the drama word here, mm-hmm. but whatever. There's been a lot of talk about getting him off and his routes and how they're using him. I feel like this matchup, like I feel like you're in my head a lot as I'm getting ready for this game all week. Matchup specific, like they, they have thrown it all over this team. Mm-hmm. They don't have their two top pass rushers. And as much as the Bills have shifted towards James Cook and, and running the ball, I just feel like this game is laid out for if I really need it, I know I can throw it all over you. I agree with you. I think that the Bills would love to take advantage of what's happening in their secondary and Eli Apple probably starting, no Xavier Howard. Love to take advantage of them having no pass rush really to speak of without Chubb, without Jalen Phillips. I mean, Van Ginkle can be nice once in a while. Of course, Christian Wilkins is a really good player. We know that. But you can now game plan for those guys, right? It's different having Phillips and Chubb. Like, who do you go? Who do you double team? Now you can slide protection to you know Christian Wilkins and say, all right, you're not coming after us, and then we're going to attack this matchup on the outside because it's going to be there. So I agree with that. That said, I think the Dolphins may, as we said yesterday, force them to have to have it be a James Cook game oh, and say, right. we're yep. we're not going to let you do that by blanketing the field. All right. We're, we're not going to blitz. We're going to hang back. Yep. We don't. We're going to try to get home as best we can with those guys. But even if you have time back there, you're not going to have space. So guess what? You're going to have to run the ball on us because we're not giving you that. And I'll say again, different than at least Bulldog, if not also Sal, I think that's what the Bills want. I mean, every game they've played the last hey, few has been, that's right? what that's what they want. Establish it. And so um, I think maybe both teams would, would like that. Which... And, I, and I think the Bills can do that very well. The problem is when they do that and then they make a critical mistake like a fumble. Or they do throw once and Josh has an interception. Or there's a sack that takes him out of field goal range. Because there is something to be said for the the having to matriculate the ball down the field and do enough things right to make it end the way you want it to end. There was uh, an account on Twitter that tried to pinpoint when Allen hurt his finger Ooh. against New England. I didn't see this. And speculated, you know, that this is what happened and maybe it's a week or two before he's quite right. Uh, who knows if that's the case. What yeah. do you know about you know something, Bulldog, in this? I don't. Well, hand on a helmet is what I saw, and I did see a blown-up photo from practice yesterday that appeared to show a swollen knuckle on his middle finger on hmm. his throwing hand. Interesting. He said last week, after the game, the ball wasn't coming off his hand yeah. quite right. It didn't feel as good. And then we found out later about the finger. So I did, I think it's easy to make the correlation between the two, I don't know when. Do you, do you know when that happened in the game, Mike? That Late you're in the referring? first quarter. Okay, well, that that could very well be it. But he was over his first seven, I think, even before right. that. Then. One for 12 right. to start the game. He wasn't yeah. throwing it well before he banged his knuckle on right. uh, somebody's helmet. If indeed that's what happened. I, I think that's what has been asserted, and I, I, I buy it. The video I watched backs it up. I don't know about this photo. I mean, whatever. But, yeah. What a game for Tua, Sal. What a night. Like, Always having to prove something to the to the public, you know, if that's even how he thinks. I know there's been a lot of there's been a lot written about his psychology and Mike McDaniel's part in that. But man, like this is not the season exactly for him, but it's the team to beat in the division at home. It's time to win one of these games for him. Yeah, and I think even long term, I'm not going to suggest that they're going to move on from him. I don't think so. 
and he is locked up for next year guaranteed at $23 million on the fifth-year option. But he wants to get paid. These guys have already been paid. Burrow's been paid. Her, uh, Herbert's been paid, both in his draft class. Those guys are getting $300 million, essentially, on their contracts. I, I don't think that the Dolphins probably have an appetite for that based on what they've seen from Tua. You never know. But it seems like the more we go on the season, what's the consensus on him? Yeah, really good player. Made a lot better with Mike McDaniel as his head coach. Right? right? And, and and I agree with that, by the way. So this is a this is a big game for him and all those things you talk about. It's also a big game, I think, going forward in the discussion because – I think he wants to get paid this offseason to not go into next year on that fifth-year option as his only his only year left. It would be glaring. I mean, it, more than that even. I'm trying to think of another word. It, it would be a very bad look if they didn't get a contract done with him this offseason. I don't want to say regardless of what happens from here on out, but he's played all the games. They have a super productive offense. His his grades are all favorable. Like he does do a lot of good things. Yes, McDaniel gets a lot of credit for sort of opening him up. But you know, you could have said the same thing about Allen with Brian Dable for God's sake before he got his contract. I mean, he's he's performed. He's put the ball where it needs to be. Like they're gonna have to pay him. I think. Yeah, I I do too. And you know, the Bills are scary as an opponent. But they're not perfect. You know, there's a there's a, a window here for the Dolphins. They'd be able to play a team. They'd be favored next week if they won Sunday night against a, a Colts team or whoever, Houston. And then a second home game against maybe Kansas City, which has looked bad. It's the same path we talk about if the Bills are able to get it. They really do. They might have to deal with Baltimore again, but who knows? In the playoffs, maybe they end up with three home games. So um, there, there's a there's a path for the Dolphins and people we've spoken to, uh, thinking like, do you take? I guess Eric Wood is one person I've asked this of the Dolphins seriously as a Super Bowl contender. He's like, yeah, the, they, I, they, yeah, I do you have too. To, you have yeah, to. Yeah. Well, I don't know if our audience could hear the sound of people hammering nails and circular saws and whatnot, but some of what we just talked about qualifies as constructing the game plan, which is brought to you by Admar Construction Equipment and Supplies, official construction equipment supplier of the Buffalo Bills, equipment you need when you need it. Sometimes listening to this show, I think you do hear that. Like they're they're building a, something underneath this studio, <laughs> and yeah, like you hear yes. hammering and it's true. not at all distracting. Yes. <laughs> We'll continue with the roundtable after the update. Mike Schoven, the Bulldog, Sal Capaccio as well. This is WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.